Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Hello, friends. This is Scott from Israel, and this is a quick uh, podcast to alert you to the situation that's happening in Israel that we need to pray for, uh, and second, to give you a kind of a illustration of the spiritual warfare that's going on here, and how what God has anointed us here in Rivers and Desert and others, and with especially the security forces that we align with, glory to God, and work with in a stealth manner to bring about justice in this region. Glory to God. And let me just, I'm going to read this uh, article from Deptophile to let you know the situation that we're in and how we, we need to pray, okay? It says here, top seven cabinet members direct prisoner negotiation negotiator to carry on. That's Deptophile exclusive report, December 22nd. It says no clear decision was reported by the seven minister forum in the small hours of Tuesday, December 22nd, when it wound up 48 hours of deliberations on the deal with Hamas to release Gilead Shalit, held more than three years against nearly a thousand Palestinian prisoners. The Prime Minister's office said only that the ministers had instructed Israel's negotiating team, headed by Haggai Hadas, to carry on working for Gilead Shalit's return to be safe and well. Okay, Defkafal adds, Although the captive soldier's parents campaigned dramatically, really a Herculean effort, his father and mother, Noam and Aviva, for a positive outcome, the cabinet led by Prime Minister Netanyahu was virtually tied to a negative decision on the deal negotiated thus far from Hamas by stern warnings from all three of Israel's intelligence agencies, chiefs Yadin from Amman, Diskin of Shinbet, and Dagan of Masad. They told the seven ministers that the release of some 100 hardcore terror practitioners and masterminds convicted to life in jail back to their homes in the West Bank would wipe out year, eight years of relentless 24-7 work of counterterrorism for holding Palestinian terror at bay. A fresh wave of violence would inevitably erupt and once again engulf the central Israel heartland next, abutting up next to the West Bank. That's the area that we live in. Banishing this group from the country was no proof against this. The ministers realized even if Hamas accepted this plan as a compromise for getting the deal approved, once they reached Damascus, these mass killers would provide Hamas headquarters there with a strong operational command for running Palestinian terror once again on the West Bank. So what's happening, brothers and sisters, it's <laughs> you must understand that um, Galid's, Shalit's parents, have been a Herculean F battle, an effort, okay? They have stood throughout this marathon debate uh, through months and months of wanting to get their son released. They're backed by enormous popular support right now with a very high exposure campaign on behalf of their son who Hamas kidnapped in a border excursion almost over three years ago. 
and this has been endorsed by many servicemen, parents, and the media, this campaign to bring him home. And this is what's the beauty of living in Israel, the beauty of the fabric of this country, is this is a this is not just an army. You know, we are the people, and many people here serve in the army. My son is serving in the army. My daughter goes in the army in a few months. Uh, Dalit and I, we volunteer for these different units. And the whole fabric of this country um, is an army base. We are here for security, for survival. And it's interesting is that, you know, you're, you're filled with such camaraderie and such a fraternal spirit and such a, a unity with other soldiers because you know if you're ever left behind that they would do all they could to bring you back. The whole nation would move itself to bring you back. And that's the situation we're in. Hamas knows that, okay? Hezbollah knows that. Um, Islamic Jihad and others know that. These demon spirits know this. And, you know, it was really heartbreaking for us Israelis a couple years back was we released terrorists and one murderer uh, for just so we could see if these soldiers were still alive that the Hezbollah in Lebanon had attacked on a cross-border excursion and kidnapped. And we find out that they only had the remains. These guys were never were alive. And one commander said to me, you know, we Israelis, we just have a soft spot. You know, here we gave away all these terrorists' freedom, hoping that these people would be alive. And all we got back was two caskets of their remains. And so this is somewhat traumatized, galvanized Israel that we cannot deal with these terrorists like this, continue to keep doing this. However, what do you do? What do you do if your son is behind the lines, captured, okay? You would do all everything possible. And so there's this tug of war, incredible tug of war. Every Israeli understands both sides. Every Israeli, there's not just a left and right here fighting one another. Every one of us understand the dilemma that we're in. The dilemma is that, you know, we have promised our soldiers, we have promised that we'll do whatever we can to bring you back. And then how would you feel as a father or a mother having a son in the Hamas uh, captivity for over three years, tortured, etc.? Um, and then you come to the other side. What about security? They want a thousand terrorists and over a hundred of these terrorists are the masterminds that Israel has been working 24-7. I know some of these special commanders. I know some of these units that are doing these things. And God has positioned us to work with them and at times to blow the shofar and to prophesy into the darkness, hallelujah, to catch these people. You can see some of those videos, past videos we did before we even, even, we even moved here of coming in and out of Israel and moving in the spirit of justice. And so we know the enormous amount of hard work enormous amount of resources, enormous amount of risk of life that Israel uh, security chiefs have played running the gamut to go into these infested terrorist holes and capture these men and these women, bring them to justice, uh, to bring down their terror regime. And this has been going on for eight plus years now. And now that whole situation is all that hard work is about to be evaporated. You know, we have some normalcy right now. Uh, we've not had major terror attacks going on the last couple of years. I thank God for that coming in and blowing the shofar and believing God for that. And we're seeing that here as we end 2009 and giving you this update of what's happening here. 
So what's the the dilemma is, okay, it's a catch-22 situation. We bring this soldier back, but then we release these terrorists who inevitably will go back and create a fresh wave of terrorists and violence and try to engulf the West Bank once again. That's what they did before. That's what terrorists do. And they're the only way I would release them is if they became Christians and got delivered and showed fruits of repentance. Other than that, all of these men really should have been, uh, that were found guilty, should have been executed. And But that law is not in place here in Israel as it is in Texas and other places in America. So we're in a situation here where Israelis are not sure what to do. They, without a doubt, we want to bring him home. But when they look back and say, wow, we can't do this deal at any cost. We can't release all these terrorists because these terrorists will come back and create the whole problem again, okay, uh, of terrorism. And then they'll start looking for more prisoners, okay? And this becomes their modus operandi of capturing Israelis and uh, and playing the bargaining game of swapping prisoners for captured Israeli soldiers. It, it, forget about it. It can't happen. So Israelis are caught under the dilemma. We in this country are pulled back and forth. What do we do? But we can't do that. But what if it was my son? Of course, I'd want that to happen. So you understand the dilemma. This is where we need spirit-filled believers that know their God to do exploits. Okay? The exploits we want to send out to you that we need to pray for, number one, while all this is going on, and Israel is showing itself as being a compassionate nation, willing to give away terrorists for one soldier, let's pray that Hamas makes a mistake, that Israel picks up through eavesdropping intelligence or boots on the ground, so to speak. They know where Gilad is. And we have another Entebbe rescue situation develop where our special forces go in capture him, even capture the terrorists that caught him, okay, you may say that's wishful thinking, but why can't we believe for this and bring them all back to Israel, end of the game. That's the end of the chess game here, okay? If we don't begin to pray about this and Israel caves in, the, the especially public support grows more and more for him to come home, and this government caves in and release these terrorist mastermind, guess what's going to happen? They're going to go back to their place of exile or back to the West Bank, wherever these people go, and they're going to be seen as a victory. They're going to have more Iranian and uh, other Islamic oil money pumped into them to cause more terror attacks that come against our, our country here. Okay, And it's going to be a sign of defeat for the U.S., because behind this whole situation, uh, President Obama, okay, and his Middle East envoy, George Mitzel, are leaning hard on the Israeli government, this Depka file says, okay, <laughs> even to the point of uh, the general, Leijon, called here, has called um, the Israelis, what, are you mad? Have you completely gone mad? Why is America calling these Israeli politicians and defense uh, agency gone mad? Why? Because Obama has been making every effort possible to force Hamas to bury the hatchet with their other Palestinian rivals, Fatah and the Palestinian Authority, okay? And currently what's going on is that America is pouring tons of money into Egypt because they're b building a very deep underground 
iron barrier to keep arms smuggling and tunnels from being successful in the Gaza Strip. So here's America trying to stop the arms smuggling coming in by pouring hundreds of million dollars into this iron curtain, which will be planted underground, okay, to supposedly stop this. At the same time, Obama and his and his State Department is trying to bring in some type of reconciliation between these factions within the Palestinians, okay? And right here in the middle of all this, if Israel gives in and gives the prisoners up, and we get our young soldier back, uh, that's going to be a victory for Hamas and Iran, and that's going to further separate any reconciliation process America and Obama is trying to barter here. You see the dilemma. There's, this is a this is a catch twenty two in the three dimensions. So so what do we need to do? We as believers need to pray. Let's pray for a special uh, operation to happen that we we actually capture him. That's the best thing that happens. Then we go in like lightning. We capture him, uh, emancipate him, excuse me, we capture some of the Hamas leaders and we go out, glory to God. That would be a great morale boost to the army, to the special forces and to our country and bring fear back to our enemies. Number two, um, that something supernatural happens, that God uh, delivers this young man, hallelujah, and uh, melts the hearts of these men that are holding him and they give up. Or let's pray that an angel comes. Think about this, an angel, like appeared to Philip, uh, excuse me, uh, Peter in prison and opens the doors and he was able to walk out free. I mean, there is a lot of things that we see in the Bible, exploits that can be called upon, asking the Father, whatever, this would give glory to the Lord Jesus to this situation to Israelis. This would bring about, who knows, the type of salvations that could break out through an exploit. Or, of course, the third thing is that God's justice and judgment comes on this whole situation. And um, Israel, so to speak, gives in, shows their hand that they want this young man back. He's brought back. All these terrorists are released. And in God's sovereignty, he uh, deals with them either now or in this life. Okay, so these are the things that we're in a situation now where, you know, if you look back, the, the kings of old, uh, the rulers of old used to have prophets, okay? They would go and inquire of the Lord. Should they do this? Should they do that? And so far as we know, they don't have those people here in Israel. They do have uh, Kabbalah and mystics, okay? The New Age, the fortune tellers, everything else but Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, born again, on fire, prophets and prophetesses to really prophesy in this situation. So what you and I need to do is well up with the compassion, okay, and stand in the gap, and let's ask the Lord to show himself mighty in this situation. Hallelujah. Because I, for one, do not want to see a young man in prison any longer against his will. Only God knows the horrible conditions and the torment and and the torture and what he's gone through, okay? And our hearts yearn for him. And our hearts yearn that that would happen to one of our own children. Second, we cannot let these prisoners go free. We can't just release over a thousand prisoners, a hundred of them hardcore masterminds of terror. These are demon-possessed serial killers. How would you like if Obama decided, you know, we need to have freedom 
and with Cuba, and Cuba says, okay, we're going to do this situation, and for whatever happens, I want you to release, you know, whatever, all of the serial killers from your prisons. Well, how, how would you as an American or Canadian feel about serial killers being released, okay, back into the public life? So this is how we feel here in Israel. These are serial killers. They have blood on their hands. They've not been redeemed as far as we know. And, uh, I mean, it'd be great for God to send missionaries in there that know Arabic, that flow in the Holy Ghost, and for them to get born again and have a change of life. That would be awesome. Okay, so you see the situation here. Israelis are tough. And one thing about Israelis, they have one weakness. They think they know it all. And they act like they know it all. And they want to know it all. So this is a situation which is a catch-22 where no matter how how tough we are and how good our security is, we're in a very, very um, checkmate situation. The enemy has put us there. That Prince of Persia operating through Iran into Hezbollah, into Hamas, into funding this terrorism, knew this is our weak point as a country, okay? And they would proclaim this as a victory. Even the State Department and Obama administration recognizes this is this would be a victory if we were to release these terrorists. Yet, as Jewish people, we are very close and have a great love for our families and our children. And we would every parent here would definitely want the government to do all they can to bring uh, their son or daughter home if they were kidnapped. So this is the situation. That's where you and I as believers need to enter in right now and take authority. Hallelujah. And let's do that. Father, we right now in the name of Yeshua, the name above every name, we thank you, Father God. We ask in the mighty name of Yeshua that you would bring about a deliverance for Gilad. We ask, Father God, that you supernaturally would make his whereabouts known, that he'd be released from captivity Hallelujah, that either an angel would release them, Father, or according to your sovereignty, special forces, or maybe just some Palestinians that are believers or people in Gaza. Something happens, Lord, something supernaturally on, on the scale of the book of Acts, on the scale of the miracles in the Bible. Something happens for this situation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we praise you. We worship you, Father, you who alone works wonders. We thank you for exploits in this situation. We thank you that your will be done, Lord, in your sovereignty, your will be done with this prisoner exchange, with this young man, with the justice due these serial killers, with the justice due Hezbollah and Hamas and Iran. Father, your will be done. You who sits in the heavens laugh. And I thank you, Father God, even as the shofar sounded, glory to God, mighty, mighty miracles take place. Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So you see, brothers and sisters, we're, we're, this is, I'm defining the front to you, the front that we're in, we're, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. 
We're not wrestling with uh, humans. We're wrestling against diabolical, very intelligent fallen beings. And this checkmate game they have Israel in, so to speak, this situation that's building against Israel, only God can deliver us. Hallelujah. There's no human agency that can deliver us from this situation. And you have to understand uh, that we're not ignorant of Satan's schemes. And the enemy has been planning this. And if you look at this whole diabolical thing that's happening, there is no security apparatus on earth. There is no political. There is no financial. There is no physical. There is no intellectual. There is nothing that can stop this move of evil except born-again, on-fire believers, hallelujah, that know the power of the blood of Yeshua, glory to God, that know their God and can do exploits, hallelujah. So the purpose of this broadcast is to find the front. This is what we've been doing for seven-plus years is counterterrorism-type ministry, hallelujah, but also defining the front that you can join with us in that, hallelujah. We need your, your intercessory support right now to continue to pioneer this, this is powerful, brothers and sisters, because think about the miracles that can happen here. Think about what the devil meant for evil God turns for his glory concerning this kidnapping, concerning this prison release that's touched the heart of an entire nation right now. Well, enjoy uh, your holiday seasons there in America, in Canada, Europe, and other parts of the world as you listen to this podcast. Uh, this is Scott Holtz with Rivers and Desert. We love you guys and bless you, and let's stay in touch. Keep posted on our webpage, our homepage. We have a Twitter update, and whatever the podcasts or emails we send out to update you on this situation. Uh, you can read depgafiles.com, jerusalempost.com, uh, get an update. But we're talking about fighting a battle that's beyond the ability of those who are unredeemed right now. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. It's time to rise up and hear the sound of the trumpet and prepare for war. We're defining the front to you. Talk to you soon. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. 
you're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening, go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they'd be saved. I'm calling today, Lord, save me, forgive me, cleanse me, take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.